0: This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and, of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello, and welcome again
1: to another edition of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett. as we are here to talk, obviously, spring football, recruiting, Get a little basketball in here, Robin. Sorry to do that to you, but we're going to talk a little basketball for you. That's all good. But uh, spring practice—hard to believe. Monday things open up for Nebraska. Weather will turn next week too, so you know I wouldn't be surprised if Nebraska gets outdoors. I mean, they were outdoors this week. Did you see the video?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. yeah. The, the snow and cold weather didn't uh, stop them from getting. Like were outside. you? I mean, were you outside Tuesday morning? Yes. I mean, it was terrible. I mean, out. just to, like. Like take my trash can out. And yeah, and that was enough. Brutal. I, that was more than I even wanted to experience. So I can't imagine running out there shirtless in the snow and doing, diving doing on the up snow. downs. Yeah.
1: So Nebraska will open up spring practice on Monday. Um, a lot of intrigue, a lot of interest um, on spring ball, and we're gonna have some pretty good spring ball content leading into it. Um, a couple Husker Chat live shows we're gonna do uh, here on Thursday and Friday of this week, leading into Monday's practice. Uh, we'll have 10 different players filtering through on Husker Chat Live, so uh, we'll put those on the podcast channel as well as the YouTube channel um, and on Facebook, so make sure you check out that content on HuskerOnline.com. But uh, recruiting has been big this week. Uh, Nebraska gets a quarterback commit from William Watson the third. They get an offensive line commit from Sam Sledge. The Huskers now, um, you know, with five commitments in their class already, and, you know, Doesn't sound like much, but it's actually a lot. I mean, Nebraska um, is in the top 10. I think they're 7th or 8th overall for commits in the country right now. Um, And it's a big deal because where they were at a year ago. I mean, Nebraska was so Mm -hmm. far down this list a year ago at this very time. Uh, But Nebraska right now sitting really nicely uh, with five early commits in this class, um, which ranks, as I said, towards the top in the country. Um, Tied for the most commits right now. Um, Second most in the Big Ten. Penn State has eight. Nebraska has five. Iowa has five. Michigan's got five. So um, they're doing something right. But, you know, getting this quarterback, William Watson the 3rd we're going to hear from William Watson. As far as I know, it's the only interview he's done thus far. Um, I caught up with him when he committed uh, after his basketball game, and we'll hear from William Watson. Um, We'll also hear from uh, Curry Hicks-Sage a uh, massachusetts high school football and just massachusetts insider in general um, about this commitment from nebraska here in the show but um it's interesting Mar- robin mark whipple just the pull that he had to get this done because i i really got the sense this was all mark whipple to take the commitment um of of uh william watson
2: yeah i mean it, you look at just the the way the quarterback position in general has been handled since since whipple has arrived it seems like he has a very clear Uh, heavy hand in the decision making with the types of quarterbacks that they go offer and I guess with Watson um, I think this kind of peels back the onion a little bit even more as to what the long term vision of Nebraska's offense is going to be obviously this year they brought in a couple transfers and you know who knows just kind of how much of that was uh, the, the profile quarterback they want p- opposed to what was available. But I think that when you pair the guys they took and then the addition of William Watson, it, it's it's clear that um, athleticism will still very much be a part of quarterbacks at Nebraska under Scott Frost and Mark Whipple because Watson certainly is a, a very capable athlete and um, can, can run it. So... Maybe not to the extent of 2025 20, carries a game out of the quarterback, but the QB run game will still certainly be uh, a part of this offense uh, going forward. Just just given the athletic nature of the quarterbacks they they've brought in. And have, have you
1: watched any tape on Watson?
2: I mean, he, very very little. Just what's on Twitter. He, uh, Greg Peterson,
1: our video producer, put some clips up from the rivals camp, and he slings it. I mean, he he said in his interview that you're going to hear. Um, you know, he really tries to be like a Lamar Jackson type um you know you, you see some Russell Wilson you know I, I'm showing my age here a little bit I, I Tyrod Taylor oh yeah um you know I, I was around Tyrod in high school and covered him at the US Army All-American Bowl and so you know we watched Robin and I watched him in play Nebraska I think twice at least I yeah. don't know yeah, no, he came to Lincoln 2008 2009 mm-hmm. Tyrod Taylor um it is 2022 by the way <laughs> sorry to do that to us but um feels like 5 years ago yeah, that, that uh, trip to Blacksburg was uh, a long time ago. But yeah, he, he reminds me of that. Just let me just. He, he's six foot. Something else interesting he shared with me, Robin. Not only is he a basketball player, not only is he a sprinter, he runs 100. He's hoping to run, you know, 10, 9, 10 8 this year. He throws the javelin. Like, I've hmm. been around a lot of high school coverage in my career, and I've never met
2: a football player that throws the javelin. Well, especially a quarterback, because you would think that they'd be worried about, like, screwing up your mechanics, like, with the different style of throwing so clearly he's got some uh well a lot of uh, states
1: don't offer javelin
2: yeah i'm sure that's part of it uh but also i mean just like with the specialized nature of high level high school sports now like a starting quarterback usually isn't even allowed to throw with track you're just there to run and stay in shape (laughs) during the off season let alone but like I mean, I guess that speaks to just his overall athleticism. The fact that you know he can be as talented of a quarterback as he is, while also going through a completely different throwing motion and be a successful javelin thrower as well.
1: Yeah, I just can't even. I'm I don't know. I'm more surprised that he throws the javelin or that high school has the javelin because I just think about the risk, yeah, the, the risk, liability involved. I liabil- <laughs> I mean, like we and I went to high school with a lot of guys that screwed around. Yeah, and yeah. I'd all be, it would you're, take
2: you're is- trusting some very immature. Per- personalities to have a spear. spear to chuck down the field i mean just practice like i don't know that's you're running a, a very fine line i also
1: there. remember the movie revenge of the nerds yes <laughs> With it
2: <flopping> lamar, around. <laughs> lamar
1: throwing the javelin but he, he took out the uh world famous stan gable the quarterback <laughs> for
2: adams college yes I think that, that also dates you with your reference. We showed my
1: it. age there big time, but <laughs> uh, some of our older, more veteran oh, yeah. listeners know what I'm talking about. But um, Nebraska gets Sam Sledge, commitment two, and this is one that I've been calling for for a year. I, I felt mm-hmm. like he was an offer guy a year ago. I felt like he should have got an offer at the pipeline camp. Um, Nebraska waited until Riola came in. He got his offer by Ryola, um, probably a center, 6'4", 260-ish now, um, but Coach's son, and another interesting nugget, the three in-state kids committed to Nebraska now, Ben Bramer, Sam Sledge,
2: um, and now I'm
1: blanking, uh, Gunnar Gatula. All three coaches' kids, all three.
2: I'm sure that's probably part of the profile they're looking for. Uh, I mean, obviously, the football IQ element is something that I don't think probably is evaluated enough when you just look at 40 times and bench press and all that stuff. So uh, clearly, I mean, this staff is going uh, looking for a very particular type of of player, and IQ and intelligence are certainly uh, probably higher priorities than maybe they have been in the past.
1: Now, Robin, I want to talk basketball here. Uh, we're kind of getting down to the home stretch. Uh, final home game, which February 28th, or not February, Friday, whatever that day is, I guess it would be the 26th. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the final home game for Nebraska. Um, and it's, you know, you think about Pinnacle Bank Arena, this has been by far the, 25th. Mo- um, the most uneventful home slate of basketball we've seen at PBA and for a lot of reasons, but uh, final game, Iowa, another eight o'clock Friday night tip. And I think when these first game out, you're like, this would be great. Maryland and Iowa back-to-back Friday nights and not so much. Yeah.
2: I mean, if you think there was like postseason to be played here, uh, you know, having rival Iowa come to PBA on Friday the F- FS1 game Friday night, like it, it should have been uh, uh, an electric atmosphere, but you know, it's going to be, uh, probably the exact opposite. I imagine there will be a lot of Iowa fans there. Um, you just look at the secondary ticket sales, um, the the market there. Uh, this game has sold like way more than any mm-hmm. of the previous, like the Maryland, Minnesota, Northwestern games. And I can give you a direct reason why that's happening. Iowa fans are buying them up. So uh, it's going to be probably uncomfortable for <laughs> Nebraska fans to... See a game we'll, where the Huskers will be uh, significant underdogs with a bunch of Iowa fans chanting, Let's go Hawks! That, that sort of thing. Do we know
1: if David Eichold, our former intern, will be in the house that night?
2: I wouldn't be surprised. He always tries to make it back. So, yeah. So, anyway, it's it's probably not going to be a very fun night. But um, what I'm intrigued about is, you know, obviously it's senior night, so they're going to honor the the departing players they've got a lot of guys that are still weighing decisions. So they could probably trot some guys out there just like last year where they'll honor them and give them the fan send off, but they could still potentially come back. Like, so Derek Walker, um, you know, I've reported this. I think that there's still a, a good chance that he strongly considers coming back next season. So he went through senior night last year cause he graduated. There's a pretty good chance. He's going to get, go through it again this year. Um, because he actually can get his friends and family in the stands to watch him, uh, but then he could come back again. So would he be the first player ever to go through three senior night ceremonies? I don't know if there's very many that could rival that.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's been some football players that have done two,
2: but mm-hmm. not three. And then Trey McGowan's is another guy. I right now I'm not is, expecting is, him is, to come back. And then Bryce, I mean, like a, I'm pro- probably putting it at like ninety eight, ninety nine percent chance that he is gone. And. Who knows what could happen that might change that. That's why I leave like the 1%. Are there like no other
1: freshmen in the Big Ten besides Bryce? Because Max he,
2: Christie. and but Yeah, there's there's actually a lot of them, but no one are playing as many minutes and scoring as many points as Bryce. So that's what it comes down to. Like Chucky Hepburn's playing really well, but he doesn't put up the numbers, and it's an individual award. It's not based on team success.
1: So, so. he will probably win freshman of the year and newcomer of the year in the conference. Yeah, he's a frontrunner. Now, he, do transfers count? In the, you're a voter, Rob. Do they count on the newcomer, or is it just like? Incoming
2: JUCOs and freshmen. Yeah, the Big Ten uh, just had. I can't remember exactly. What they, they put do the with names newcomer. on the ballot. Yeah. too. like there's freshmen and then there's all Big Ten. I don't even know if they did newcomer last year, for what I can remember. But anyway, uh, as far as like the official media ballot, but they, uh, if Rice is certainly going to be. Freshman of the I mean, I think he's the front runner for freshman of the year. He's gonna be a uh, first team all Big Ten freshman team and then maybe push... Second, third? Yeah, I don't think he's gonna be first team. Yeah, but no. no, not all. So he's he's probably gonna be third. Uh but then, you know, you're looking at him being a likely freshman all American. Um, just because if you're the player of the year in the Big Ten or the freshman of the year in the Big Ten, you're probably gonna have a shot at that. So pretty good list uh, on that resume and that's probably going to be more than enough for him to go ahead and pull the trigger so anyway that guy will game could be his very last game in Pinnacle Bank Arena on a short but very uh, individually successful stint as a Husker
1: all for nothing yeah it, just, it's, it stinks I mean you you're here
2: we got this first round draft pick type talent it, it just hasn't delivered I mean, literally like one of the greatest freshman seasons in program history and they're going to lose 24 games like that's nuts <laughs> <You> <laughs> all think right, let's go to break <laughs> um well we got a full show on tap as i mentioned we're gonna hear from
1: william watson the third ww3 by the way um yeah. <laughs> get your nil gear now uh, he's gonna join me here um and then perry um sage watson is gonna join me as well um uh, he's an insider that i'm sorry i'm sorry curry hicks curry hicks is going to join me he's got like a play on words name but he's He's a well-known Massachusetts insider, joins me on the show. So uh, you're going to hear from both those guys next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.
0: You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics.
1: And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, as we talked about at the top of the show, Nebraska has added a quarterback commit for the class of 2023, one of the most accomplished football players to come out of the state of Massachusetts in a number of years, quarterback William Watson, joining us now here on the Husker Online Show. Uh, First of all, William, congratulations on the commitment. I'm sure um, it's a relief to kind of have this behind you. Yes, sir, it is. Well, you know, let's talk about Nebraska. I mean, this, this seemed, you know, for people out here, it came pretty quick. I mean, obviously, you visited Lincoln back on January 22nd that weekend. You got the offer from Mark Whipple shortly after. What led you to make this decision right now?
3: Um, well, first, when I came to Lincoln, um, I felt like I was right back up, right back in Springfield, Massachusetts. So, that played a big role. And um, I knew Coach Whipple, like me and him had a previous relationship coming from Pitt and um he actually grew up I actually grew up with him like working camps so I was going to UMass every day like working with him and then um yeah that's where it kind of came from so we built that relationship since I was in sixth grade and um he knew about me and now we're here I knew that was the guy to go with it was just the right feeling
1: Yeah, what do you remember about those days? I mean, you were a young 6th grade kid um, going up to UMass and helping out Mark Whipple. I mean, what do you remember just about those times and and Coach Whipple, what stood out back then?
3: Um, Well, back then, I used to think, like, nobody noticed me. I was just a young kid, like, around a bunch of high school kids just throwing the ball. But the whole time, I didn't even know. Like, he was watching me. And uh, my father was kind of, like, telling me, like, yo, don't put your head down. You're young. You're not going to – nobody's going to give you an opportunity. You're in 6th grade like I'm thinking I'm supposed to go there and get an offer but really I was just going there to get my name out there and get connections and that's exactly what I did.
1: Well then uh, you know you came up to Lincoln um, you got to see the state of Nebraska, the facilities spent more time with Mark Whipple. I'm sure you spent a lot of time with Coach Frost what were just what what your were your impressions of the state of Nebraska and, and just the the program the facilities when you got up here to see it all? Um,
3: well, I'm seeing what I've seen on TV no matter what it is Nebraska, as a whole, it seems like one big family. I mean, the fans are behind you, win or losing. They're at every game. Um, the team, they never got I can tell they never got down on each other. They just try to figure out how to win. And I think they're going to do that this year with Whipple's offense. Um, Coach Frost, I mean, they, they, he's a great guy, um, very down to earth. And I, I like his energy, too. Like, he's fired up all the time. That, that's somebody I, I want to play for.
1: Whipple's coached a lot of guys, a lot of quarterbacks from the NFL to college, a lot of great ones. I mean, has he kind of told you who you remind him of as far as skill set goes?
3: Um, no, he hasn't, but he he has told me that I, I have potential to be an NFL quarterback. So that means a lot coming from him, and I'm work my tail off to make sure I make that happen.
1: Who do you? I mean, who do you model yourself after? If there's a guy that you like to watch play, who are the quarterbacks you like to watch play?
3: Um, Lamar Jackson, that's that's who I model my game after. I mean, people try to say he can't throw. He's a running back. But the guy has a cannon, number one. Number two, he he makes tight window passes all the time. So, I mean, I think as of right now, Lamar Jackson is not only my favorite player, but who I model my game after.
1: Now, you're also a basketball player. You made your announcement at the basketball game. Do you play other sports besides football football and basketball? Are those the main two?
3: Um, I run track also.
1: Oh, wow. So are you a sprinter in the 100, the 200?
3: Yes, I sprint. I run the 100, the 400, and I long jump. And then I throw the javelin, too.
1: Oh, wow. So you, you, you use that arm and that speed both in the, on the track as well.
3: Yes, sir. That's, um, that, that, that's how you build the
1: arm strength. How um wh- What type of times were you running in the track meets? I haven't ran track this year, but I know I got
3: way faster since last year. Last year, I ran an 11.2. And then... um. This year I'm expecting to run I want to say probably
1: a 10-7. Now are you a guy that you obviously got another year of high school? Are you gonna do you plan to enroll early and graduate? Are you are you gonna finish out your entire senior year out there in uh, Springfield?
3: Um, I plan on enrolling early. Get up there in January and try to compete in spring ball.
1: Is that something that you talked to Coach Whipple about? Like, look, I'll be up there as soon as I can. I mean, you know, is that something is that another reason why you wanted to make this announcement when you did? Um,
3: yes, I actually I had told him. When I committed, I told him I committed on the phone. So um, I was being rolling early, and then after that, it was kind of like let's just
1: let's rock. What, what did you get a lot of time with Coach Frost? What were your impressions of just Coach Frost? And did you get a chance to talk to him when you committed? Yes,
3: I. Um, he was. Um, I met him when I went up to visit, and um, when I met him. I could just tell like that's the guy I wanted to play for. I mean, his characteristics resemble my father's. Um, he seems like a father, not just his players but he's there for other coaches as well I mean he's, he's a great guy to I, he's a great guy to me and I, I'm looking forward to playing for
1: him we're talking here with uh, Nebraska quarterback commitment William Watson and William you were a state champion now are are you multi-year or um, how many state championships have you won as a starting quarterback three in a row three in a row so um going for four I mean is that is that how rare would that be for a guy to get a chance to get a fourth championship out there and And I'm sure it's just got to be huge for the western side of Massachusetts, um, you know, to go in and and stomp all those Boston schools every year and bring the championship back to the west.
3: Yeah, they hate that. They hate seeing us come out um, and playing against their their Catholic teams, um, and we're kind of like nitty-gritty inner-city kids. So, you know, I I don't do any talking in the game because that's not a quarterback's job, but... Our DBs is yelling in their face. Um, Our wide receivers is making plays, screaming. O line pancakes all over the place. I mean, running backs is hitting the hole. Everybody's hitting. People people on that side of mass don't really like that stuff, so that's why we do it.
1: And you guys, I mean, you 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 don't back down. Uh, Someone else I I know, um, you know, your coach that's now at UMass, coaching defensive line there. You guys set up a game with IMG Academy, and that just says a lot about you know what we're not going to back down from anybody. Obviously imG is loaded with like 40 division one guys and and he puts you guys out there to compete
3: yeah i mean that game i love that game games like those is where I get to test myself i mean playing against western mass um i'm really kind of just blowing through everybody but when i play uh, i like a team like imG and i really get to test myself and see my true talent that's when i know i'm like I, after that imG game i knew i was ready for college because i mean those kids are supposed to be college ready right now and I was I was making it happen on
1: him. Now, um, Nebraska opens up spring practice here on Monday of this next week. Are you going to get up here for a spring practice or the April 9th spring game? Have you thought about when we might see you back up in Lincoln?
3: Um, I'm going to be up there April 9th for the spring game, and I'm going to bring my
1: whole family. So you're looking forward to that, getting a chance to maybe see some fans? I mean, because obviously you weren't here that long. I mean, you probably didn't get much of a chance to look around and, and, and see things at Nebraska. Yeah,
3: I, I got to see... um the facilities i got to see the game field i got to see everything but um i'm looking forward to like getting more into campus seeing more classrooms and um during the living situations
1: well william uh, we appreciate well we appreciate uh you taking some time it sounds like you guys are celebrating the commitment tonight and you guys got a pretty big yeah. basketball win too i mean um what- When I heard you were making your announcement during the basketball game, I'm like, you must be pretty comfortable about what you're going to do to the opponent. I turned it on at halftime, and you guys were up by about 30 points at halftime. So uh, you got a pretty good basketball team, it looks like, too. Yes, sir. Well, hey, congratulations, William. And uh, we're looking forward to seeing you maybe uh, up here for the spring game um, later in April.
3: All right.
1: Thank you, sir. All right. William uh, Watson here joining us. Nebraska's latest quarterback commit. Much more to come. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.
0: You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics.
1: And we're back here on the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, as we talk to the top of the show, Nebraska gets their 2023 quarterback commitment from William Watson, uh, a guy I think a lot of Nebraska fans weren't all that familiar with. Yes, he visited campus in late January, but Massachusetts is just not a commonality for Nebraska football to find recruits Uh, But we thought it would be interesting to bring somebody in there that is familiar uh, with William Watson and uh, pleased to bring into the Husker Online show. We're joined now by um, known podcaster, UMass expert, uh, Curry Hicks-Sage. Curry, uh, we met o- over kind of the process of uh, this going down with William Watson. And I said, hey, you want to come on my show this week? Because uh, there just aren't a lot of people around here, obviously very familiar with William Watson and even just Massachusetts athletics and, and high school football. Uh, we appreciate you taking some time.
4: Yeah, I was thrilled. I was thrilled to be to uh, be invited. And I'm glad, always glad to do a show and have a great deal of respect for Husker Nation and, and the immense uh, fan base out there and uh, it's, uh, I'm ha-
1: happy to be here well yeah you're familiar um, with the scene out there and, and obviously a longtime follower expert for UMass but you know it's not a big state um, and you know when you have a quarterback like William Watson you're even more familiar with a talent like this tell us what you know about William Watson kind of when he was on your radar and and just what the buzz is around the state of Massachusetts about this kid yeah, I'll say this
4: for Watson, uh, I, and I live in New York City now, but I grew up in Western Masswood right by Springfield where, um, where Watson played his high school ball, which is about, in Nebraska terms, from New York City to there is it, probably not very much. It's about two and a half, three hours. Um, and it's on the western part of the state. And in the western part of the state, even in a state that's high school, with high school football, re- not regarded as highly as, you know, other states in the country, the western part of the state in particular – is kind of uh, seen as a, as a backwater. It's a little bit rural, uh, other than Springfield, where he played. And it, it's, kind of, it's kind of country. It's like on the, uh, on the border of, of Vermont and New Hampshire and then upstate New York as you go farther west. So when a great talent comes along, um, it reverberates very, you know, and, and this one had that buzz from the, pretty much the day he entered. I, I started getting texts from people in the local scene who were like, listen, this is the best kid we've seen out of here since Cedric Washington, who Cedric Washington was a legend who ran for like, I don't know, probably close to 7,000 yards and was a star at BC. I think he might've stuck with the Raiders for a bit in the early nineties. And, and he, the point is Watson had that, that buzz right away. I mean, right when he entered as a freshman, people were like, this is the next great thing in Western mass in this area. And there's been talents out of Springfield central before that they're a really good program. And, um, I mean, just go, in all sports, going back, tra- old school sports fans may remember Travis Best, the great basketball player, played high school there, and, and um, the UMass teams that made the Final Four. One of the, the point guard in that team was a Central Springfield Central kid. So it's a very highly regarded program in, in this area. And Valdemar Brower, his high school coach, who actually just signed uh, as the UMass defensive lineman coach in the like probably two months ago and as a result, he gave people some hope that Watson you know, maybe would come to UMass, but we didn't really think it was possible, and we were correct. Um, he's, he's got a terrific program and has basically, in the last decade, created for Western Mass what is an unprecedented run of three straight state titles dominating the eastern part of the state and then going and playing like IMG and, and some of the top teams in the country, too. So he's incredibly ambitious. He played for uh, Mark Whipple at UMass and uh, was a – was a, when they were in FCS power and um, was a walk-on, Western Mass kid, walk-on, turned, um, turned you know, All-American and, you know, hurt his knee kind of late sort of deal. But, you know, Whipple has always been good at finding Western Mass kids and knowing where they're hidden and turning them into players. Um, you may have heard James Aheadabo who finished a, a, like a 10- or 12-year run and I think had rings with the Patriots and maybe the Ravens. He's another Western Mass kid who was a walk-on at UMass when they were an FCS program and became, you know, a stud in the NFL. So there's players in in Western Mass and, and around the state, and I know you know Nebraska folks probably are, you know, I don't know what are we what are, but this kid I can tell you, you know, was was more than just a Western Mass talent who who turned into something. He was from day one kind of marked, and everybody around the area was like. Best kid we've seen out of here in some time and and, and very highly regarded as a as a student, um, as a as you can make all the throws, a little undersized, but um, you know, he his name has been percolating around the region for as you know, pretty much the second he set foot in, in at Springfield Central.
1: We're joined here by Curry Hicksage on the Husker Online Show as we're talking about William Watson, Nebraska's newest quarterback commit from western Massachusetts and You know, you look at Mark Whipple, um, and he was out at UMass for 11 seasons over two different stints. He won a national championship there. To me, that's the X factor in all this. I mean, that's how all of this happened. Um, I mean, what, what, what was Mark Whipple's reputation like in the state of Massachusetts, especially the first run? I know the second run didn't go well for him, but he's a national championship football coach that came out of that state.
4: Mark Whipple is not scared to try things. And, and frankly, you know, the second go around when we were, you know, UMass is a new FBS program. It joined, joined the FBS in kind of hasty, shoddy fashion in 2012. And Whip had to take over an absolute dumpster fire. And in retrospect, given what his successor did, which was not very much and was let go after two years, Whipple's four-win seasons at UMass actually looked pretty good and he called the offense, and if you look at the number of points they put up against pretty good teams, because they were an independent in a really hard spot, you know, he was putting up five, 35 points against, um, you know, Mississippi State and, and, and you know, they're losing close games to some really good, you know, UMass fans always joke that uh, we were undefeated against the spread in the SEC. We played like seven SEC games or something under Whipple, and he always covered – his defense was, you know, they just don't have they just didn't have the athletes. But he still can scheme with, with the best of them. I mean, there were you know, we be frustrated periodically, but Mark Whipple will try all sorts of things. You can read about him anywhere, and I'm not a an expert on all the X and O, but you know, pro style, um, really creative. He's got a big bag of tricks, and he's been around forever. I mean, he's 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 reinvented himself a number of times, and I'm excited to see what he can do it. At, um, at Nebraska in a, in, a, in a really tough spot in many ways for, you know, given the demands of the fan base and the struggles they've had in recent years, but you can't get a more creative guy. And when he, when he zooms in on a kid like this, and I've been told by people I trust that he really wanted this kid from the jump. Like he knows just what he's doing. And, um, you know, you got some time here too. He's not going to come in until 2023. And a pretty, I would imagine a red shirt, but, um, yeah, Whipple knows what he's doing. Like if he, if he picks a quarterback in particular, his ability to mentor quarterbacks that is one area of of his coaching life that I think is without peer in some regards. And, you know, Mark struggles a second time around at UMass. I think as a head coach, it's just a very different job. I think what he loves to do is scheme and get in fine kind of kids like this or kids who are a little bit diamond in the rough and do special things for them, and so on this front, I, I would I trust him completely as a head coach. That's a different story, but that's not what he's doing here. And I think Nebraska fans have a lot to look forward to. Well,
1: yeah, to give you an idea of how bad he must have wanted him, I mean they they had a guy coming in from Wichita, Kansas, who's arguably the top player in the state of Kansas, and arguably one of the top players in the state of Iowa. JJ Cole um, was in the mix, and uh, they've kind of shut that down. You know, to bring in. William Watson so, and, and that that's to me that's all Mark Whipple I mean there were a number of coaches here I think that had opinions but this is Whipple's offense and this taking the commitment of William Watson to me really showed that he made this call
4: yeah and uh, some some folks in the area I trusted um you know have suggested that I guess Whip spent a long time with him I don't know if this is public you know on your on your front yet but Showing him film and and really thinking methodically through how he'd use him in the offense, and I think that it's pretty clear he was. You already have said it. He was the X factor, but I think that the way in which they they showed how they would use Watson was was a big factor too. Um, now it's obviously you know there's a lot that could happen in the next uh, you know eighteen months, right? I mean this is a ways out, but uh, and Watson you know, we'll still have another season too. So he's going to continue to get better. And this is already as a kid who missed essentially a full year because of COVID and has still been, by many accounts, the best player, you know, out of um, Western Mass in in 25 years.
1: Can can he throw, I mean, break him down as a thrower versus a runner. Um, I mean, is he a guy that you think can get through his progressions and reads? Um, You know, what kind of runner is he in terms of his speed when you watch him on film?
4: He's really speedy and he can make all the throws. He's undersized. There's no doubt about that. I think he checks at about six feet, buck seventy-five, buck eighty. Um, but you can watch some tape on him and like he can throw on the run. He's really smart. He's really apparently he's a terrific student. Um, really, like it's very rare, especially in kind of um, <laughs> New England where everybody is like you know there's a cynical orientation in Western mass in particular. We, we feel slighted by the west, the eastern part of the state and people are not like the amount of praise this kid got from day one as just a kid too. And, and, and a bright kid and a, and a good decision maker. It's, you know, it, it bodes well. I mean, and UMass fans were obviously for years following his recruitment and kind of knowing we didn't really have a chance at him, but hoping just in case. And I've really heard nothing but good things about all the football side stuff. The only, you know, knock I think is, and it is, you know, it is it is what it is. Is just, he's a little, he's undersized and, and it's Western mass, right? It's, you know, but what I will say is Brower, his high school coach, went, made a point of playing all the top Eastern mass teams and, and there's good football in the Eastern part of the state. I mean, you know, there's a lot of guys who are going to um, BC and, and, you know, good quality FCS schools in the region and, and there's some, there's, and he's played those powers, you know, who send a bunch of kids to quality schools mm-hmm. um, and just destroyed them even as a freshman and junior. So, uh, and, and won state titles, there's nothing he can, he hasn't done at this level in terms of making the reads, making, making the right throws and winning the, the games he's, he's able to win um, that, you know, he, there's, he can't do any better than he's done. I mean, they, they got, torched by IMG, who is like the best team in the country and has you know twenty, you know power five kids on the roster. But the fact that they even went out and played them, I think, speaks to the level of ambition that uh, Central has, has, you know, harbored in recent years, and that and that is a by, in many ways a byproduct of Watson's uh, being there. I mean, they were they were really good, but he took them from you know, sort of. I am. I'm, I'm, you can't see me, but I'm sort of from here to here, right? He, he was really the difference between them being like a, a quality, a, a terrific state program, and then somebody who would even have the audacity to be able to get a game against a program like that.
1: Well, Curry, we really appreciate you uh, taking some time on some short notice here. Um, as, as I joked off air, there's just not a lot of. Uh, You know, Western Massachusetts experts out there. Uh, We're lucky that we found you, and you brought a lot of great insight here to Nebraska fans.
4: Yeah, I hope I did. And if anybody follows me or whatever, I'm happy to put you on to folks who are even more knowledgeable than me. There are some folks who cover the high school scene, you know, pretty much exclusively, and are really terrific. So if if you if you want, if just you know, give me a shout out in in your mentions. I'll, I'll also respond by you know giving some some people who followed watson's career even closer than i you know i'll mention them as well so you guys can see more you know learn more from them
1: and you can find him all one word at curry hicks sage um and and that's a play on words um and you explain that by the way your your nickname that you go by out
3: there yeah so
4: so i appreciate you uh giving me the pseudonym treatment um Dr. J, who you know Julius Irving was the greatest athlete to ever play at UMass uh, in their late 60s and early 70s, played in an old bandbox of, of a gym called the Curry Hicks Cage. It's they still play, or until pretty recently, they played high school sectional title games and whatnot. There, great, great old gym. I mean, everybody knows that it's sort of like an Indiana or type environment, and um, you know, there's great stories about Dr. J, the legend there. So I, I went with uh, the, instead of the Curry Hicks Cage, I went with the with curry hicks sage so uh appreciate you uh giving me a shout out and letting me tell that story as well
1: well thanks again and uh, i'm looking forward to following william watson and uh hopefully we can cross pass here again
4: yeah i would love to get a buy i would love to get a buy game out, out at nebraska umass fans would love that would, would love the trip
1: well, we'll be in new york we'll be close to you at least we'll be uh, out at rutgers uh, yeah. uh on a friday night game
4: I'll hit you up when you're in Rutgers. They got a good – actually, Rutgers is a better game day experience than you'd probably expect, so people should come on out for it and, and check out that game. It'll be fun.
1: All right, well, much more to come. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.
0: This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics.
1: And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Uh, Sean Callahan here, uh, as many Nebraska fans are getting ready – who plan their trip to Dublin, Island, And I've talked to several people that have just said, you know what, we're going, and uh, started booking this thing. Um, and there are so many great things to do. And we've had great access uh, as this segment of the show is brought to you by the 2022 Aer Lingus College Football Classic. And we've had great access uh, to the promoters of this game. And um, we wanted to bring in um, Eugene Garrity from the Cliffs of Moher Cruises in uh, Ireland, as this is one of the real attractions, Nebraska fans should look into doing. Uh, Eugene, welcome here to the Husker Online Show. Tell Nebraska fans why they need to check out your cruises.
5: Sean, I thank you very, very much for uh, for inviting us on, and uh, we're really, really, really looking forward to getting people from Nebraska into Ireland. They have a treat in store for them. Uh, the Cliffs of Moher Cruises sails under the highest cliffs. Um, In Ireland. There are sheer cliffs, 700 odd feet high, and we take them right under the cliffs on a cruise on 200 seater vessels. But the Cliffs of Moher is uh, the the biggest natural attraction in Ireland, and every Nebraska and the United States that visit Ireland go to see the Cliffs of Moher cruises. And we take them underneath the cliffs for 50 minutes or an hour, and it is the most amazing, amazing sight to see. And that's why it is so popular.
1: Eugene, um, if somebody wanted a book or, or kind of look into planning, because uh, a lot of these uh, Nebraska fans coming out, they're going to be out there for over a week. Uh, what's the best way uh, to get things planned?
5: Okay, well, listen, we're we in the United Nations uh, UNESCO site, where it's a protected site uh, by uh, United Nations, and um, if people want um, if people want to book with us, they just book with Doolin, there was a little village there, we go out from Doolin the harbour in Doolin, so it's Doolin with the number two Aran ferries, we also go to the Aran Islands, so people love to combine a trip to the Aran Islands and the Cliffs of Moher on the same day, it's the, it is it is an amazing trip, and I think I, I sent you some video which may be on your website later, so uh, if people want to go, and uh, it's only um, two and a half hours from Dublin, by car or by bus or whatever so if you arrive in Dublin, a two and a half hour trip and you're in Doolin is and you're right along the Wild Atlantic Way. It is the most amazing experience. I mean, I have over, been over and back to the States and there's some amazing sites in, in the United States, but this is jaw-dropping, this experience for the Cliffs of Moher and the Aran Islands. The Aran Islands is uh, the most westerly outcrop uh, island off the west coast of Europe. An amazing place, Sean. And I know uh, everybody that will be traveling from Nebraska will want to see this amazing site along the Wild Atlantic Way.
1: Well, Eugene, uh, we appreciate your uh, insight on the Cliffs of Cruises. And uh, we're looking forward to um, thousands of Nebraska fans getting out your way. And uh, we appreciate your time here on the Husker Line Show. Thank you. Thank
5: you. There's a treat in store for them Sean when they arrive and by the way if anybody wants to get out in the water when we're in Dublin we also do Dublin Bay Cruises where we connect the city to the towns of Dun to the south and ho to the north and people love to get out in the water so when people are in Dublin they can also do that uh, to see Dublin from the sea. So Sean thank you so much for the opportunity to tell people from Nebraska that we'll be travelling to Dublin with the Aer Lingus um, tournament that's on there. We're looking forward to seeing them and we will give them a 100 a thousand welcomes, a like Kate Miele-Forge from everybody in Ireland.
1: Well, thanks again here to Eugene
0: Garagi for joining us on the Husker Online Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics.
1: Final segment here of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washed. Uh, thanks again. As I heard, some great interviews here from William Watson and. Curry Hicks-Sage uh, from Massachusetts joining us here on the program. But this final segment of the show brought to you by Tanner Sports Bar and Grill. Um, get on into Tanner's. Um, they had the Nebraska baseball game in at least on Friday night on ESPN Plus. Anytime these games are streamed on BTN Plus, ESPN Plus, wherever, Tanner's will have those games in there. So um, get in there. If, it, if it's streamed, they'll have it. And it's a great place to go. Uh, watch any sporting event Nebraska. Basketball, men's and women's as well uh, as they Finish up the season, uh, but now it's time for the mailbag. As Abby Barmore joins us, as she always does, Abby, what do you have to lead us off with?
6: What are your way too early predictions for team captains?
1: I think Volko likes a lock, and I, I think after that on offense, I mean, there's a lot of ways you can go um, with with that other captain spot on offense. Um, I'm blanking on my mind who I had, else I had in that discussion. Well, but,
2: Casey Thompson.
1: Yeah, if Casey Thompson wins the job, he could be a captain, especially um, with
2: just the way he hit the ground running, kind of doing all that leadership stuff. Seems like he's he's a natural fit for that. But I mean, he is a brand new addition that's been here. There for there are only five seniors weeks. though on offense. Yeah, five. And like so, who on the offensive line? Who in the receiving core? Like, there's no like no brainer veterans. Yeah. outside I mean, of Okalek. Turner Corcoran really can't. We guaranteed that spot yet, so mm-hmm. he's got to really earn it. Um, so I think Thompson's – I mean, like you said, he's got to win the job, but I think he's probably the the, the front-runner, assuming all goes as we expect. Like, vocal-like's
1: like a near lock.
2: Yeah, I mean, who, they're, like, literally, he is the, the one lock on offense. And so defense, though, that's where it gets a little more interesting. I'm going to uh, hedge on Garrett Nelson. Yeah, I think he's obvious. Um, but then you look at the other – what about those two inside linebackers, Henrich or Ryan? But
1: yeah, they could go Caleb Tanner, Ty Robinson, Ty Robinson. Yeah, I mean in the secondary, I don't know if Quentin Newsom strikes me as a captain. Casey uh,
2: Rogers seemed to have a big voice. I mean, he came up front to press conferences a whole bunch, and I think that kind of shows you the the trust the team has. To he's be, hurt though. Yeah, he's hurt for the spring now. Something to note, but um, then the defensive backfield. No, I don't see anybody else. So I think that that's probably your core. So. If I'm picking four, I'm going to go Thompson, Vokalek, and I'm going to go Nelson and I'm going to go Caleb Tanner. I think Caleb Tanner is going to be that one guy who be like, "Whoa, he's a captain?"
1: I'm going to go Nelson and Ty Robinson. Um, but yeah, I, I I do I don't know. I I think Tanner could easily be in there as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, just cuz he's He's one of the few seniors they have in well, diversity.
1: I mean, you, you know, it's got to be a well-rounded group of players that yeah. represent the whole locker
2: room. And, and I do he, think he was playing really well at the end of and last And Caleb season.
1: Tanner's a six-year guy.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, he's about as veteran as it gets. Or fifth year. And I, fifth year. He, he's finally playing to back up that title. So, yeah, I'm going to go Caleb Tanner. I
1: think, yeah, Caleb Tanner makes sense for a lot of reasons. I mean, assuming he's dialed in and has a good spring, right, too. Right, right. All right, what's next?
6: With spring practice starting on Monday, and there are going to be some fascinating position battles at, on offense beyond the quarterback. What are some of the groups on offense that you are most excited to see how that plays out this spring?
1: Well, receiver for me, I, I think running back is too incomplete to like really say. I mean, yeah, we're we're going to see Anthony Grant, which will be big. We'll see how Ramir Johnson comes back. Gabe Irvin's going to be limited, um, but not. You know, I, I I would like to see AJ Allen. Uh, but receiver to me will be really interesting. with Trey Palmer, Isaiah Garcia, Goss- Castaneda, Omar Manning, Oliver Martin, Xavier Betts, Alante Brown, and then that whole group of guys that redshirted last year, Kamonte Grimes, Sean Hardy, Latrell Neville, Will Nixon. I mean, it's a really good
2: group. Yeah, just the volume of competition that's going to go on at that position uh, clearly makes that probably the, the hottest competition. Um, offensive line is kind of in that same boat as running back to where, like, what happens this spring is still not going to give you solid answers on what's going to be the case in the fall, just because of the uncertainties around the roster. But you can still look at some guys like this is a really big opportunity for Henry Lutovsky. Like there's been a lot of hype. His name has been thrown around a whole bunch and he's going to get a lot of reps this spring. How much can he take advantage of that? So I think there's the individual instances where we might not have uh, a clear vision of the starting five, coming out of spring but I think you can get a pretty good feel for the players that are participating in spring ball where they will stand going into fall camp
6: how surprised were you that Nebraska baseball went one and three this weekend
2: oh I am and I'm not I mean if you study the history
1: Abby of Nebraska baseball they notoriously schedule tough early and they notoriously don't have like a dominating opening weekend for a lot of reasons they're usually going to play somebody from Florida Texas or California I usually Texas or California they don't don't play a lot of Florida teams Um, and those teams have been outdoors probably since January practicing and they have more advantages with the weather Um, so you know one and three is disappointing I, I think two and two would have been really a good way to start
2: yeah, and then I think you also got to keep it in mind, uh, Sam Houston might be better than a lot of us thought. Um, obviously, they played Nebraska extremely well, and then they followed that up on Tuesday by going to Arlington and beating fourth-ranked Oklahoma State 6-3 to three in 10 innings. So um, I think they're the real deal. And so Nebraska got a great first test, and they, they were able to get one of those games and were close in a couple others that... I think that that series, while disappointing to be 1-3 and three right now, is going to pay off a lot in the long run. First of all, they, they played a, a high-level team uh, that was probably going to be a lot different looking on their schedule, uh, and it's going to season them very well for when they do return home and get on that stretch.
6: Sean, are there any small-town Nebraska kids that have big-time potential in high school?
2: Um,
1: there's a couple that I'll throw out there right now. Um, I'll, I'll start with Brock Knutson, who's now at Scott's Bluff. He was at Mitchell. Um, he's already got Kansas and Iowa State offers. He's a six foot seven tackle. We'll have him, Abby, Sunday at our in state tour event. Um, would be an interesting guy to write on um, um, when, when he comes in from Scottsbluff this weekend. And another guy I'll put out there who will also be here on Sunday at our event for Fremont Bergen is Cade McIntyre. He's the brother of Koa McIntyre, and he's got a great frame on him. I think he's an outside linebacker. Um, Fremont Bergen won Class C2 a year ago. So um, those are two, you know, ones that jump out. I, you know, there'll be more. Um, There's always more that emerge, but it's such a deep group right now. I mean, it's as deep of an in-state year as I can remember.
2: Yeah, and we've talked about just the the run of just college talent to come out of the state the past few classes. It's been really impressive.
1: All right, Abby, what's next?
6: Who is the one player that will come out of nowhere and make a splash this spring?
1: Hmm. Coming out of nowhere is a hard thing to define. Um, I mean, I, I could see Alante Brown, I mean, be, based on his limited snaps that he's played, you know, being a surprise. I think Chris Hickman's another one um, that we could be talking about after the spring a lot more than we are right now. Um, I'll let you take probably Henry Lutofsky, Robin, maybe.
2: Yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, he's his name's getting thrown around as much as anyone um, in that conversation uh, when it comes to the offensive line. And on defense, I'm looking at that secondary, particularly some of the newcomers they brought in, um, like a Deshaun Singleton, maybe even a Tommy Hill, uh, that could potentially push for starting jobs in their first season as Huskers. So I, I think those are some names to keep an eye on as we head into spring here.
1: All right, Abby, what's next?
6: Are Nebraska high school coaches feeling a lot more love and attention from Scott Frost and his crew?
1: I think so. I mean, I feel like some of that is blown out of proportion just a little bit because COVID. I mean, for 635 days, Nebraska was not able to go into a high school in Nebraska, just like anybody else in the country. And that was the real advantage they had. They could have coaches come down to Lincoln or they could go see them um, You know, during open recruiting periods. They could host prospects on campus. Well, for 635 days, they couldn't go anywhere, and they did have that short window of June summer camps. Um, but... Yeah, it created a hole, and I, obviously the four kids that left the state this last year, um, but really, you know, you look at it now, You know, I, I think each one's its own situation, um, but they've done a really good job. Scott Frost was at the Lincoln High School coaches' meetings last week with his entire staff, and they were in the Omaha one the week before. I think Mickey Joseph's been a really great addition um, just w- with what he's brought, uh, but a lot of it's winning. I mean, if Nebraska wins and things go well, you know, I, I don't think we're having discussions like this. But when, when you're not winning, you know, people tend to like find things like this too.
2: Yeah, and you know, when when you win, all of a sudden it's a lot cooler for in-state kids to stay home and play. Where uh, now it's cooler to go somewhere else. And same thing with, with basketball. Obviously, with their struggles, no one around here wants to be uh, wants to be really a part of that. So they're they're having like, some issues with that.
1: If they had Chucky e. Hepburn, Hunter Salas, um, the kid from Grand Island, all these guys. Um, came to Nebraska? Like, how good could Nebraska be? How, how good would they be?
2: It's hard to say. Um, obviously, Chucky is a Big Ten caliber starter. Hunter Salas is coming off the bench, playing decent minutes on a really good Gonzaga team um, as, Isaac a, Trout. as a freshman. And Trout, obviously, is not yet in college, so we don't know what he's going to be. Jason Green, same, same deal. So, you know, the thing is they missed on a lot of in-state guys, but what of those in-state guys that have left – really you know accomplish that would directly change Nebraska's fortune I guess they would be supplementary pieces in my opinion culture guys that uh, would have a care for the program for the community and understand what what Nebraska basketball means to the fans um, but I don't know if there's any like single game changers outside of a guy like, Chucky Hepburn right now Just because he stands out With how successful He's been from day one In the Big Ten And that
1: arena Just crazy. I mean just they think you about see the,
2: Johnny Trueblood Well think about Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Easley.
1: Easley Like I mean when he Tussled that loose ball away Tanner Borkart Didn't they beat Iowa When Easley was here
2: Yeah when Thor Thor Bjarnson, The kid from Iceland That nobody wanted Blocked the, the shot
1: And he like dove on It might have been Purdue The Purdue game Dove on the ground and, like, fought for that loose ball. Yeah, he
2: took it from uh, – it was either Harms or Isaac Haas, one of those, like, giant Purdue centers. And everybody the just ball went nuts.
1: Yeah. I mean, they, they just love, uh, you know, that type of story. And we just have – unfortunately, just hasn't delivered that.
2: Yeah, and this goes for football, basketball. Like, Nebraska, those sports have drastically underachieved. But it's one thing to lose, but it's another thing to lose with your guys. Like, your – people you know in-state kids that you grew up or watch them grow up uh, and play and I think it, it it makes it easier to handle failure especially what we've seen with a bunch of out-of-state kids with these two respective programs
1: final question
6: your go-to Girl Scout cookie
1: oh good question we just put our order in too. Um it's funny my we my we, we did it you know, it's digital we did it online now and you know you, you pay online you don't even have
2: a rep that comes to your door
1: <sighs> we, we, we well my wife's a teacher so we kind of get hit up in all directions, and <laughs> I, I so like we're well, like, all right, we're not going to overdo it this year because like a lot of times you'll get like twelve boxes, and then like you have Girl Scout cookies through like Fourth of July at your house because they're good, they're good for like the first month. I'm a shortbread guy. I've always liked the shortbreads, hmm. and I like the thin mints in the freezer. But we saw some being sold after church on Saturday night at um we were at saint joseph's <laughs> and i go no we're not buying it we just we just literally ordered some so i, I put the brakes on we we're gonna like make another order on the way it's out of hard church. To turn it down i man, know it is right there
2: in front of you all you have to do is just hand them pieces of paper and you get to eat cookies uh caramel delights for me Ooh, those are good too. uh yeah i mean frozen room temperature whatever they're they're the fantastic. peanut butter ones are good too yes i mean really there, there are no misses but if i have to pick one box i'm going caramel what box. about you abby
6: my favorite are the Thin Mints from the freezer. So good. Now,
2: did
1: you sell Girl Scout cookies ever growing up?
6: I did actually. Ooh. I was a Girl Scout, not not for long, but enough to like sell
1: cookies for at least one or two runs yeah. at it.
6: Oh yeah, for sure. I used to love those Thanks a Lots, but they stopped like selling them like a couple of years those? ago. Um, they're kind of like um. I don't know, kind of like a sugar cookie-ish, but they have okay. like the chocolate on the bottom and they have thank you written in them and like all kinds of languages. Nice. They were so good, but I th- think they stopped making them a couple years ago and it's been kind of sad.
2: So you guys are both Thin Mint Frozens. Do you ever crumble them up in ice cream? Ooh, I've never done that.
6: Sounds like a game changer. Game changer.
2: You could just get regular old vanilla and all of a sudden some crumble. So, have you put your order
1: in yet, Robin? I have not. Okay.
2: We have not had. Usually there's a a girl in our neighborhood that comes up. Maybe she's out of scouts now. So,
1: if you want to find Robin, he's at robin at huskeronline. Right. I I need the hookup.
2: Gives out his address. I I need the Girl
1: Scout cookie plug. (laughs) All right. Well, that wraps it up here for the mailbag and this week's show. Make sure you log on to Huskerline.com We'll have coverage of the basketball game Friday night and all of the baseball games as well as more in state tour coverage.